Please turn your Bibles to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Remember again that I started this series by saying that we are more spirit than natural. And that there's more to us than what we see in the mirror. A French minister of Christ actually made the statement, I think it was fascinating. He says, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. I thought that was quite extraordinary. I want to say it again. He said, you know, this was a person that spent a lot of time in deep thought regarding God, regarding man. And he, he said again, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. See, this is how we think about our life. We think, well, we're human beings and we're just, you know, down here trying to have some kind of spiritual experience. And it's the exact opposite. Because we are made in the image and likeness of God and God is spirit. Amen? And I think it's tremendous that he says that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Can I say this? That the most of your life, listen, is going to be spent in that spirit. Because you're going to live forever. You're only here for a little while. Are you all with me? You know, your spirit is never going to cease. It's just going to go on forever. However, down here, and how many times have we heard that said? Make the most of your time down here because it sets you up for all of eternity. <laughs> okay? And uh, I think that's why this is just such a tremendous statement. In other words, we are not human beings striving to be spiritual. And this is a real key. If you get this, it will really help you. We are spiritual beings made in the image and likeness of God living in a natural world. We really need to see that because the, the whole point of, you know, doing this mini-series, it was meant to be one lesson. Anyway, we're into week four now, I think, or five. <laughs> Always grows, doesn't it? Uh, but the whole point of this is so that we understand that there is something else to us than what we can see in the mirror. You know, and so much of the time what we see in the mirror seems to be the only thing that we consider. Not what's, what, what's behind all of that. And I said to you, two-thirds of you, you can't see. Remember, you are a spirit, you know, your soul and a body. Okay, there's three of you. Uh, three. That. Okay. <laughs> uh, three of you. There's no four. All right, there's three of you. And uh, you need to understand that this is just one-third. Now, this one-third makes a big noise. Have you all noticed? <laughs> okay, seems to always win the argument. But anyway... Jesus understood this, and I, I gave you this scripture last week in John chapter 6, verse 63. I want to do a mini recap, but there is a, a bit of new information I would give you along the way. So just, okay, uh, bear with me. John chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus said, it is the Spirit who gives life. Now I want you to notice, he didn't say it's the natural that gives life. I didn't bring this out last week, so I really want to focus in on this a little bit. He said, it is the Spirit that gives life. That's really significant. If the Spirit gives life, then our life is coming from somewhere else. See, you know, we're trying to do a Dr. Frankenstein down here so much of the time and try to bring people back, you know, bring people alive, and they're having a lot of trouble with that because our life comes from somewhere else. What we see down here is the container in which it lives. You can't get this container up and walking and doing things without that life. Do you understand? So, you know, it's like a little toy that needs a battery. 
You can build the toy as great as you, you know, I mean, it can be an awesome toy, but no battery, no power, no life. It's going to sit there. It'll be a really nice one, but it won't do anything. Anyway. <laughs> and notice he says that it's the spirit who gives life. He says the flesh profits nothing. Listen, he says the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. I want you to notice the two things he says again. He says the words that I speak to you. Notice where the life comes from. He says, the words that I speak to you, they are not natural. I'm adding, okay, sorry. <laughs> he says, they are not natural, they are spirit. Because he understands that's where the life comes from. If they are not spirit, then you're not going to get any life. You know, I, I've, I've been um, doing some different things, uh, study-wise, you know, biblical. And uh, I can tell those things that have life in them and those things that don't. They are the Word of God, but there's no life in them. When there's no spirit attached to things, it, you know, I mean, it's intellectual, but it's dead. And, you know, what I try to give you here is something that is both intellectual and spiritual. You know, you don't have to sacrifice one for the other. Amen. I always believe that we need to have all of it going. We are to be wise as serpents. We have the mind of Christ. You know, all those amazing things. And we have the power of God residing on the inside of us. We should do without... We shouldn't do with it, you know, without anything. Did I do, use two negatives there? Anyway, you know what I'm trying to say, right? <laughs> we should have it all and use it all and walk in all of it. Hallelujah. So notice again that Jesus understood the importance of the Spirit, that that's where the life came from. And he says, he says again, the words that I speak to you, they are Spirit, or are Spirit, and they are life. Amen. We need to learn from that, family. So in other words, it is the Spirit of God who gives our spirit life through the spo spoken Word of God. And why Jesus says what He says. It is only when we operate in the Spirit will we be able to tap into our true nature and all that we are designed to do. Remember again that we were designed to have dominion. Remember again Genesis 1.26. God made man in His own image after His likeness and did what? Gave them dominion. And I want you to remember that because a lot of times what we're trying to do is we're trying to live in this earth without that dominion. And we, are, we seem to be under the circumstances when God said, can I, can I rephrase, let them have dominion? When God says, can you order the circumstances according to what you want them to be? Not live under them? Do you understand take dominion? Let them have dominion means that they are the ones that tell, you know, inform the planet. This is, how, what, this is what we're doing today. We are not reigning right now. <laughs> you might think that's crazy. The number of times they've said we're going to have a storm and I just said no. Oh, I didn't go pray in tongues and I didn't go out there and I didn't command. I didn't have a stick like Moses and command the storm. I just said no. No. 1 John 3, 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God. Verse 2, Beloved, now are we the children of God. We are God's kids. There's no problem there. We, the planet knows it. We don't. We tend to have to put up with things when all we need to say is no. That's it. 
I used to get loud, but I thought, who cares? Like, <laughs> like the louder it is, and the storm goes, oh, he means it now. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, you see some of them Pentecostal preachers, you know, they're spitting on everybody, and they're screaming at the top of their voice, don't, why, why? They're not deaf. Do you know what needs to be loud? Your faith. You can speak very quietly, but your faith can just literally shake the foundations of hell. Amen. And we need to learn how to do that, family. Anyway, don't want to freak you out. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. The way that, this is, uh, that we are to tap into all of this, remember again, was brought out in Proverbs chapter 4. I'm not going to go through that today because I did spend a bit of time on it last time. Remember Proverbs chapter 4 talks about attending to God's word. Remember, he says, incline your ears unto my saying. This is Proverbs verse, uh, chapter 4, verses 20 through 23. He said, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. They are life to those that find them. Notice again, because they are spirit. Okay, he says, they are life to those that find them. And health to all their flesh. Verse 23, he says, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Uh, there's a, you know, some places say the forces of life. The issues of life are in your heart. That's, where, that's the reason why what we put in matters. That's the reason why we need to be careful where we spend our time, what we look at. Because it literally forms something on the inside of you that will then drive your life. Do you know we live from the inside out? Did you get that? We don't live from the outside and we live from the inside out. If you are fearless and if you are full of faith and if you are full of confidence, boldness, that's how you will walk. doesn't matter whether you're tall or short, <laughs> okay? I tell you, I've seen little people that just, woo! Wow, man, you know, it's like duck, <laughs> okay? And, and the same thing with big people. Okay, there's, there's no difference. See, that's the great equalizer. Doesn't matter where you are on the outside. What matters is what are you on the inside? You know, <laughs> they, they have this old saying. It's a horrible saying, but, you know, it makes a point. It, you know, it says it's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the, the size of the fight in the dog, see some of those little guys chasing after some big dog and you think are you stupid and you know what the big dog goes oh forget this <laughs> you know? and it's the funniest thing when you see a little dog chasing a big dog that's exactly what we are meant to be doing whenever the devil comes and flexes his muscles and go I'm a big dog you go, stay there for two seconds let me just chew something off of you He's, he comes as a roaring lion he is not the lion. We have the lion of the tribe of Judah on the inside of us. When we roar, it is a lion. Amen. Back to this. Back to this. So here's something else I found I thought that was just tremendous. Neuroscientist Andrew Newberg says that if you contemplate God long enough, listen, something surprising happens in the brain. Neural functioning begins to change. Different circuits become activated while others become deactivated. New dendrites, little things, are formed. New synaptic connections are made. And the brain becomes more sensitive to the subtle realms of experience. Perceptions alter. Listen, beliefs begin to change. And God becomes neurologically real. 
This is a scientist, by the way. This is not some religious person, you know, making stuff up. I haven't finished. What's even more interesting is the fact that Newberg and his team found that every single brain scan they did, did you hear that? Okay, every single brain scan that they did showed that the human brain was built in such a way as to facilitate spiritual kinds of experiences and ask the question, why, if evolution says there's no God and there's no spirit realm? Hmm? Why? Why does every single brain have this capacity to do something that is illogical? Tap into something that cannot be seen and has a desire for something bigger than themselves. You know, we all do, some way, somehow. We all know something else is out there. This is science. Okay, this is not me preaching. I'm telling you this is just science out of a book. Now I'm going to preach. Okay. <laughs> so the fact is the spirit realm does exist, and so does God. And it is more real, and he is more real than this realm. And it is only as we understand this will we begin to do, as the Apostle Paul says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 2, when he says, set your mind on things above. See now how this works into what we're finding in science? He's saying you set your mind on things above. Think about God. And he goes to say, not on the things of the earth. Because this stuff is already, you know, your brains are well uh, connected for what's down here, okay? You've got all the little pathways. They're doing more than what they should, I'm sure. It's called worry, okay? <laughs> right? We need to make some other pathways, okay? We need to make some pathways that begin to tap into something beyond this realm that is there for us because we, I told you once again, that we do live in another realm. You don't realize it. You know, if we went back to Colossians uh, verses 1 and 3, I read verse 2, it gives you all that. It actually talks about all of that. I don't have the time because I talked to, I talked to you about it last week, so I'm going to move on. i got a lot of pages to get through today. I pray that you're getting something out of it. So <laughs> Jesus lived his whole life in this way. He understood that the fight that constantly, he understood that the fight that actually goes on between the flesh and the spirit. And what he said to Peter in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 41, you know, he asked him to, to stay and pray with him, you know, okay? And then found him asleep. A little disappointing. <laughs> this is at the Garden of Gethsemane, you know? And, and he says in Matthew 26, 41, he says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. He said, the spirit indeed is willing we looked at this last week, but he says, but the flesh is weak. So we understand something that it, the, the problem isn't in your spirit. The problem is in your flesh. And that's where a lot of our problems are. It's out here. Isn't it sad that one third of us seems to dominate the other two thirds? Listen, the way this works is this. We keep an eye out for what's out here, but we don't allow it to order our lives. Let them have dominion. Remember that. Amen? I got to keep going. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. I want to show you again how much there is in the Spirit that we can tap into. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. So sometimes we pray and we don't know how to pray. Who's had that problem? I have that problem a lot, <laughs> especially when I'm praying for you guys. I go, I don't know what they need, God. I know they need something. I don't know what. 
and I go to Romans 8.26, likewise, the Spirit also helps us or helps in our weakness, for we do not, uh, we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Notice that's our weakness. We don't know how to pray for certain things, okay? And he says, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, however you look at this, it tells you something that you're not alone. That the Spirit of God is making intercession for you, whether it's through you or for you, so you get it right. Can I get an amen on that one? Okay. Because there's different interpretations of this. But I tell you, one thing is for sure, God doesn't leave you alone. One thing is for sure, you're not on your own when you're praying. You need to know that. See, again, that's only when we begin to realize that there is this spirit realm. That there is something more to us than what we can see. That we are spirit beings having a natural experience. We're not the other way around. That primarily, you are a spirit. Amen? As you begin to see that, that's where you got saved. That's where all the miracles took place. That's why after you get saved, you still look the same on the outside, but on the inside, something's changed. I really love the, <laughs> the example somebody gave. You know, they were talking about these old cars, you know, that people take and restore. You know how they sort of, they'll take the engine out of it, in, you know, and they'll put this, <laughs> you know, this 16 or 20 horsepower, I don't know how many horsepower, okay, 300 horsepower, whatever, sticks it in there. And on the outside, the car still looks the same. Last week, you went past it. <laughs> Try doing that this week. It'll, go, it'll leave you in the dirt. You know why? Because there's something else under the hood. You open it up and it's speaking in tongues. <laughs> you know? Oh, it's going, make me do something. I'm ready to go. Standing still is not good for me. You know those engines, <laughs> okay? You know what I'm trying to say? I mean, it's the same old car, isn't it? No. The outside looks the same, but something happened on the inside, baby. Oh, ho, ho. it got recharged. It is brand new on the inside. It can do stuff that it couldn't do last week. And it should not be moved by what it could see. Amen. You know, the headlights of the car goes up to a mirror and goes, Ooh, I look the same. <laughs> You're not. You're not. Amen. All right, so... <laughs> So that's what allows us to pray in line with God's word and always have our prayers answered. See, only as we engage in this in a spiritual way will we then begin to pray correctly. And 1 John 5, 14 and 15 guarantees us. He says, this is Apostle John, he says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that we ask anything according to his will. Remember, the Spirit helps us pray as we ought. Okay? He hears us, verse 15. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask. You know, I wouldn't have said whatever. But <laughs> the apostle John went as far as to say, whatever we ask. He says, we know. We don't have to guess. We don't have to hope. He says, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. In other words, if we do this right, if we tap into the Spirit, if we allow the Spirit of God to lead us and guide us in how we pray and what we pray, then I'm telling you, I'm telling you today that you will have 100% all of your prayers answered. I know that's bad English, but I want to say it like that. <laughs> okay? 
I mean, what kind of a life is that to have every single prayer answered? Can you imagine? Now, don't go out thinking, woohoo, I know I want to pray this. Hey, 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 remember, if we ask according to his will, and can I say that his will is for the best things for you? You know, God is the, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of not darkness, of light. Amen? God is light. God is love. There is a side to God that will look after you. It's not there to hurt you. It's there to look after you. Some people think God will never do anything bad. There are times he will stand between you and the devil and say, no. Amen. And some of the devil's people, because they like doing bad things. Just so you know. Moving on. So again, I've said here, this is only possible if we focus our attention on the spirit realm and not the natural. It is in the spirit realm that everything we are looking for exists. That's found in Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. I brought this out, but I, again, I just very quickly as we're uh, going through this, I just want to remind you of some things. Remember Romans 8, verses 16 and 17. The apostle Paul says, that he, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Notice where this is taking place. Is it in the natural? No. It's in the spirit, isn't it? Once again, because we are more spirit than natural. See, we keep coming back to this. That's the reason why God deals with us deals with us spiritually. We want him to deal with us naturally because we kind of want something rubbed on us. You all know what I'm trying to say? Oh, God, come over here and, you know, uh, uh, soothe my, my, my sweaty brow or whatever. You know, we just, we want God to just touch us and feel it. He's like, wait, wait, wait. There's more of you that you can't see. I want to deal with that part because that's where all the power is. That's where the reality is, and that's what can change this on the outside. Amen. He says again here, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that what? We are the children of God. See, it's spirit to spirit that you are told that you are God's child. It's not in the natural. It's not a burning bush. It's on the inside. Verse 17, and if children, watch this, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. You know what an heir is? That's a person that gets everything that the father has. <laughs> okay? If you're an heir, when, you know, and the beauty of this is Jesus Christ not only died, but then he came back alive to make sure that what he said should happen will happen. You know, I don't know how many times, you know, somebody's carted. it. Sorry for the way I'm saying this. But, you know, and then the children fight over what they got. And if the parent could come back, slap some of them in the face. You know? <laughs> what is wrong with the back of the head? You know what's wrong with you? Because, you know, we bless God. We think we should, you know, we deserve things and we don't. And, you know. But what happened if he came back? <laughs> Ooh, dad, you're alive. Ooh. <laughs> it's taking a toll on you, man. <laughs> you know, have you all seen Scrooge? Anyway, never mind. So <laughs> but I want you to notice something. Everything that we have need of is in that realm. And it will manifest in this realm. Remember, inside out, we live inside out. All the things that we desire comes from that realm. And we need to learn how to receive it. And it is called faith. 
That's the reason it says that the just shall live and have their lives sustained by faith. If you don't know how to believe and receive from God, you're not going to get access to any of it, even though it has your name on it. Are you all with me? It's not that God says, no, you can't have it. God has already sent it to you. You need to go pick it up. You need to receive it. Amen. All right. Also, it was in the spirit that Jesus picked up on what people were thinking around him. (laughs) See, again, this is where we're meant to live, okay? This is in Mark chapter 2. He heals a paralytic. Remember the, the, the four guys that bring... You know, the guy on the bed and, you know, pulls the roof tiles out and sends them down. And there's all these, you know, religious muckety-mucks. You know, they're sitting in the front row. Going, we'll see what he says today. You know, one of those people. And, you know, and they just drop him down. And Jesus looks at him and realizes that this paralytic is in the position that he is because of sin. And so to heal him, he says something unusual. He says, and I've got it written here. He says, son, this is in Mark 2 and verse 5. He says, son... Your sins are forgiven you. Ooh, the religious leaders had a spat. I mean, they just, you know, had a baby. You know, they was like, what? Don't have a cow, man. You know, okay? You know, they're like, they're, they're thinking, why does this man speak blasphemies? Uh, who can forgive sin but God alone? That's in verse 7, okay? So they're thinking all this stuff. And they're just going nuts. You know, you can just see them. You know, religious people, they can't keep it in. All right? Verse 8. <laughs> And it says, but immediately, and this is the verse I want to focus in on, immediately, this is Mark 2, 8, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned uh, thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your heart? I want you to notice where he perceived it. It was in his spirit. There are so many times that you're going to pick up on things around you. I brought this out last week, but I really want to, you know, reiterate this because it is so important that you understand that God is speaking to you. God has opened up something to you that you need to tap into and begin to move in that. You need to be sensitive to it, not only to pick up on what, you know, what's going on around you, but also to know what to bind and what to lose. You know, there are times when I pick something up and I think, that's not God. I don't walk away from it. I get it to go away from me. You know, what is it about us? We think, oh, that place is bad. I'm getting out. Uh, dude, you're the solution. Stay and fix it. It's just like a mechanic going, oh, that car is broken. I'm walking away. <laughs> mechanic, hello. <laughs> fix the thing. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Isn't it funny how we think? Because then what happens is the devil starts chasing us all over the place because we run away. They don't say about us, Jesus, we know. Paul, we know. Who are you? Okay. We don't want that to happen to us. We want to say, Jesus we know, Paul we know, Roche we know. Roche is in the house, let's go. <laughs> and put your name in there too. Okay, all right, okay. Jesus lived his whole life in the realm of the spirit. Even when a physical storm would come his way, he would deal with it spiritually. See, we don't get this. We see, let, let's go and have a look at that incident very quickly. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Can I get through it? Yeah, I can get through it. Okay. Listen fast. 
Mark chapter 4, verse 35. I'm going to read through to verse 41. It says, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Verse 36. Now when they had left uh, the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. Verse 37. And a great windstorm, a great windstorm. Did you catch that? Uh, arose, and the waves beat into the boat. I want you to notice what started this. The wind started this. This is key, by the way. You need to pay attention. Not everything is just one big jumble. There are things that happen in certain sequences. If you watch what sequence it happens in, you can go hit the root of the thing and everything else will stop. We are too busy, you know, hammering at the leaves without hitting at the root. So watch again, it says, a great windstorm arose and the waves, see the waves came because of the wind, beat into the boat so that it was already filling, verse 38. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow just like Jesus. He's so cool, you know, there's <laughs> nothing near. Anyway, and they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he said, no, I don't care. I can get a few more disciples. <laughs> you guys are a little bit, <laughs> could do better. Maybe this first lot needs to go down. I'll just walk on the water back to shore and say, sorry, I lost my disciples. I need a few more. Who wants a job? Because <laughs> that bunch, I tell you, they don't believe anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're not acting that way. <laughs> okay? It doesn't say that. Does it? Okay? It's not a bad Bible. All right? <laughs> so he says, <laughs> I'm spinning everywhere. He says, do you not care that we are perishing? Watch this verse 39. He doesn't even answer them. Then he rose and he rebuked, what? Isn't it really interesting? The wind started this, so he shut the wind down. And he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. Oh, yeah, but in the natural, you can't do that. You know, you just duck and cover. I mean, who can come against the storm? Seriously, is there any defense against the storm? Seriously. When that thing comes at you, you just better bunker down. You better tie things down. You better do whatever you have to do. Get real smart. Because there's no defense against the thing. Except Jesus. He doesn't go, oh. And I think it's also important. You know, these guys are fishermen. They know how to handle themselves in a storm. Obviously, this was a storm like they had never seen. And Jesus could have got up at the and said, what is wrong with you people? Isn't this your job? Do you not know how to navigate through a storm? He see, doesn't say any of those things. I really need you to see some of these things because this is kind of what we do sometimes. We look to the people, you know, we go to somebody for help, and, you know, they should know what they're doing. Hello. And they don't. Disappointed. And then we get upset. Why? Well, because they should know better. Yeah, but you have the mind of Christ. You have access to another realm. Start praying, silly. Instead of complaining, start praying. Say, Lord, give them some divine wisdom. Somewhere in that little brain of theirs, they know what to do, <laughs> okay? And I'm sure you can show them and help them with it. Some days he'll give you the answer, by the way. That's happened to me. And I'm telling people that should know better what they should be doing. But anyway, you know, that, that upsets them. But the thing is that you need to know that you have access to something much greater than what's down here. Amen. And so notice again, he says, peace be still. And it says the wind ceased and there was a great 
calm. I want you to notice how he dealt with it. And watch what he says next is so key. He says, but he said to them, he didn't complain about their, you know, their boat skills. He said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Do you notice he's pointing to the spirit again? Faith is a spiritual force. He said, this natural thing attacked you. He goes, why didn't you come at it like I did? Why didn't you deal with it on that realm? You've, you've seen and know enough to know that this stuff, I mean, anything here is temporary. There is something far greater, something more eternal than all of this stuff. And if you use that, you would change this. But you need to know to use that. You need to know to take your eyes off what's in front of you and put your eyes, set your mind, set your eyes above. Amen? I love the last verse. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Missed the whole point. You know what they should have been explaining, exclaiming over? He said, We could do this too. Ooh, ooh, give me another storm. Let's get <laughs> I mean, he's in the boat, you know, I've got my pea plates on. Let's give it a shot. If I mess up, he'll, you know, fix it. See how they keep missing it? Do you know why? Because he was the one that said, he was the one that said, let them have dominion. And he's come down now and they're just a mess. And he's trying to show them what that meant. Quickly, quickly. Even when he came to the dead, Jesus operated in the realm of the spirit. We already saw an example of this. And I just want to take you there just for a minute. In Luke chapter 8, remember Jairus is told that his daughter is dead. And uh, Jesus goes to his house, basically says to Jairus, say nothing, <laughs> okay? Don't open your mouth. You said that I would come and raise her up. Let's leave it at that. I know you meant when she was sick, but it doesn't matter to me. The natural doesn't matter, okay? And so he goes to the house, and he says, I've run time. Never mind. He says, do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. See how spiritual eyes can see beyond this natural realm? Verse 53 is very key because it says, And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. Oh, they, she was dead. There was no question about that. She was dead. But to him, all things are changeable. Remember 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18? Is that right? Well, we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen, because the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Amen? So we always need to look at the eternal and understand that the temporal is subject to the eternal, not the other way around. And Jesus, <laughs> you know, he said, yeah, she's just sleeping. As far as I'm concerned, I'm going to wake her up. And Verse 54, back in Luke 8, 54, and he put them all outside because they ridiculed him. You don't do that to Jesus. All right, put them all outside, took her by the hand and called, saying, little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she rose, uh, rose immediately, and he commanded that she be given something to eat. I want you to notice that he, he did understand that there was a natural side to it as well. She needs to eat, <laughs> okay? Especially little girls, you know, they want to eat all the time. So anyway... It is only as we learn to operate in the Spirit will we overcome adversity and have the victory. That doesn't mean, again, that we ignore the natural altogether. 
What we need to do is find the balance between the two. And the Apostle Paul, I, I love what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and uh, verse 15. 1 Corinthians 14, 15. He says, what is the conclusion then? I like that. So what's the conclusion? Tell us, preacher. Okay, all right. <laughs> he says, I will pray in the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. We need to keep track of both worlds. We may not be of this world, but we're still in the thing. And we're responsible for what we do here. Amen? And I want you to notice that we need to, to, can we at least give equal time to both rather than give most of our time to this realm? And then wonder how come the other one's messed up, <laughs> okay? Remember that, again that we are in this world. That's actually brought it in John chapter 17. I don't want to go look at those verses because I don't have the time. But in John chapter 17, verses 14 through 16, if you want to go and look at those verses, verse 16, Jesus says, they are not of this world just as I am not of the world. So understand something that you're in here, but you're not of it, all right? And this is the reality that we need to live by. And the, why the Apostle Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4, and the latter half of verse 6, he says, Live according to God in the Spirit. Live according to God in the Spirit. He didn't say live in the natural. Beware of the natural, but he says live. Notice, according to God in the Spirit. Once again, we are spirit beings who have been born of the Spirit, and, such are, and as such are more powerful than we can imagine. It is something that the Apostle Paul understood. Please take to heart this next verse. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, he says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. If he did, we're in trouble. Because we live inside out. Do you understand? He says he, he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. I'm going to add the word spirit to everything else because that's what he's talking about here. But... A spirit of power. Let's stop there for a minute. He has given us a spirit of power. So one thing that you have on the inside of you is power. Otherwise, you can't change anything out here. He didn't say he's given you a spirit of coping. <laughs> okay? When you get stuff and you just have to cope with it. He says he's given you a spirit of power. Power changes things. And a spirit of love. Because that's what usually gets in the way of our faith. Faith works by love. If we don't love, then we close the door to our faith working. That's why Jesus, after he does those incredible verses, Mark 11, 23, 11, 24, he goes on to 25 and 26 and says, if you have anything, if you've got any problem with anybody, forgive him. You don't want that coming against you. Amen? So notice he's given us a spirit of love and a spirit of a sound mind. Not a messed up one, a sound mind. These are the things that are inside of you. I told you, you are more spirit than natural. These are the spiritual forces you have living on the inside of you right now. Whether you know it or not, it's there. You need to engage them and begin to work and allow them to work in you and for you. Amen? And that's what the Apostle Paul means, and I'll finish with this, when he says, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 and verse 18, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Not on the outside, on the inside. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
Now all things are of God. I want to stop there. All things are of God. Everything is new. Everything is of God, which means there's no problem with any of it. So if the devil tries to say anything else, he is lying. Amen. You need to know that what's on the inside of you now, you know, it's like that big engine, <laughs> okay? It's ready to do something. You need to allow it. Hallelujah. It is in the spirit that you are a new creation. It is in the spirit that you are powerful and fearless. It is in the spirit that all things are of God and all things are possible. Live in the spirit. Because once again, you are more spirit than you are natural. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word, and we thank you, Father, for this revelation. I pray, Father, that each and every person in the sound of my voice receives this, lives in this revelation. And I thank you, Father, for strength. I thank you, Father, for what only you can do in our lives and through us to help us with whatever situations that we are facing. I thank you that we have a new vision, a new um, way of looking at things from this moment on. I thank you for all that you did on the cross, Jesus, to make all of this available to us. A price was paid. It was your life so that we could have a life. Hallelujah. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for all that you are doing for us and in us and through us. It truly is a blessed life. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>